sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning. <clears throat> Welcome to each one here this morning, uh, all the visitors and uh, everyone here. Welcome. We are uh, glad to have you here. Um, it's another day to praise the Lord for his goodness. And... Uh, <clears throat> I'd like to just start this morning with a with a word of prayer. I um, guess kind of took Andrew's place last minute. He's not feeling well this morning. And uh, I woke up this morning just kind of weak myself physically. I'm not sure what, what, uh, what I'm feeling, but uh, maybe it's just anxiety. <laughs> so uh, let's pray. And uh, if we could have one or two brothers pray, and then I'll... I'll pray as well, and just uh, pray that God would have his way this morning. Heavenly Father, we look to you this morning, we lift up your name, we worship you, Lord, we all before you in a place of expectation. Lord, we know that your word is alive, um, even though the speaker may not feel like he is, Lord, I pray you bless Michael this morning with grace and with clarity. Yes, Lord, I do come to you too this morning. Lord, thank you for another day, the sunshine and the beautiful, beautiful day, God. Thank you that we can gather together and worship you. 
Lord, I do pray that our hearts would be filled with uh, worship for you. God, I also pray that you would open our hearts and our ears to the wor- your word this morning, speak into our lives. Lord, I pray you'd use, uh, use me, and even though I'm trembling, Lord, I do trust in you. And uh, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so, uh, for a while, I wasn't sure which direction I was going to go. And I had some notes, wrote down some things, and then that changed. So, um, I trust the Lord to use it anyway. I was, uh, <clears throat> um, decided to share a little, some things that have been going through my mind and heart recently, the last number of weeks. Um, I don't think it's a secret with any of you, probably, that, uh, We've been working through things as a church here, just relationally and directionally, and I don't know what all, but just going through some things as a, as a church body. And, and so it was just in regards to that and my own, my own ponderings, I guess, on uh, questions that have come to my mind through all of that in the last year. Um, and I guess I feel like in the last few weeks, those questions have been answered somewhat in my mind and my own heart. And so it's just kind of uh, maybe an overflow or a, a testimony of what, what God has been working and doing in my heart in regards to the things that we've been going facing as a church here. Um, not that it's the pat answer for anybody else or everybody else, but uh, just decided to, to share um, a few things, and one of those questions that I had been <clears throat> have been grappling with in the last few in the last year, I guess I would say probably especially is what what role does the ministry have in a church for you know leading out in direction and you know making decisions on directional things? What role does the ministry really play in that you know God we know God has a, an authority structure. God has put the ministry in place. What role does the ministry have in, in that, uh, in that uh, area? And it was just something that's been, I guess, kind of aloof to me. And um, I've just been, you know, trying to ponder how, how, does, how does that all play out? And <clears throat> so I think in the last... Or three or four weeks or so. It, there was a time when I was here at church just praying, and and uh, this came to my mind, and I was praying about it. And and as I was praying and meditating on the scripture and stuff, it just seemed like all of a sudden it just kind of opened up to me specifically, anyway, how it you know it should work in my life, in my heart. You know, God, and I just want to share that. You know, not for not for. Um, not saying that that's how it is across the board, but at least how it applies to my life. And God <clears throat> has a very specific, um, uh, or in throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament, God has clear roles of authority. And you see his authority structure, um, first of all, in the Godhead. Um, it's, you know, God is God the Father. And Jesus, when he came when he was here on earth, he very clearly made it clear that he's under God. You know, God, he doesn't do anything um, 
except what the Father tells him to do. I mean, he is God, but yet he's under the Father. And, you know, that's, that's just a uh, clear authority structure that is in place there in the Godhead. And then I think um, it's pretty clear, too, that the church is, is under Christ, the Son. And uh, <clears throat> then, uh, you know, we have fathers in the home and mothers and children. And <clears throat> there is, um, God has also set those things in place in the home, authority, role, and structure and stuff. And it's interesting just to see how, how God views those things. And in the Old Testament, you know, if there was a rebellious son or daughter, you know, in the in the Israel and the nation of Israel, that was a very a very serious thing. You know, they were they were stoned, and uh, so God looked at that um, authority structure. Man, man uh, is in that authority structure. Fallible man, man that that it makes mistakes, and man that you know doesn't do everything right is inside of that authority structure. And the people under them are expected to um, submit, and you know, there's, there's God recognizes that. And it's even interesting. It's uh, you know, you look at a secular like, like uh, a country where you have a president and uh, governors and stuff. God recognizes that authority too. And uh, <clears throat> um, I don't think there's anybody. Now you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's anybody in this world that doesn't have another authority over him. Now, I was even thinking of the president. You know, you think of, of anybody, of the president of the United States. Um, he should be able to make the decisions that he wants, and that's, that's that. And, you know, there's not, nobody else can say anything. But he is accountable to other people in the system, too. And there's, he just can't do any, everything he wants to. So I don't think there's anybody in this world that is top you know that nobody else can say it it just seems like god god has those things in place and i don't know how that all works in a secular non-christian environment but it does seem like god has those things in place and he he uh he does recognize authority structure and uh so One one example that came to my mind as I was praying about it was, and that made it very clear to me, was Moses. Moses was a fallible man. He made many mistakes. You can even see it right in the beginning when God called Moses. He called him to serve or to uh, to go and uh, lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, and you know he said how he can't speak and. Basically, you know, he's just not able to do this. And even that was probably a lack of faith in God. And just it seemed like God had to really get straight with him to, you know, that this is what he's calling him to do. But um, he did obey God. And uh, after he led the children out of Egypt, many times they murmured and stuff and complained and wouldn't. Would, you know, they were stiff-necked and rebellious and stuff. And there was one time when his very own, well, okay, I also wanted to say that, you know, there was mistakes that he made just like 
uh, hitting the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And some of those were very big mistakes. But there was one time when his very own brother and sister, uh, Aaron and Miriam, were talking, and they, they were, it seems like they were talking among themselves, and they said, Aaron, they said, Moses, who is he that he thinks he can tell us what to do? You know, God can speak through us too. And this was, his, this was their younger brother, actually. I mean, Moses was their younger brother, and, and you know, those feelings are pretty natural. For, you know, that would totally make sense for them to feel that way from time to time. God can speak through us, too. This is, who's our younger brother that he feels like he can tell us what to do or speak or be God to us, basically, you know? And, but God, <clears throat> and I think they even spoke to Moses about that. And in, in right, right then and there, God struck Miriam with leprosy. And <clears throat> that's how serious he has, he sees that authority um that's how serious he saw it there you know he had moses was his chosen leader even though he was not perfect he was far from perfect but uh when they spoke against him they there was consequences and that uh that really spoke into my heart i guess just just looking at god's view of man of of authority here on earth you know manly authority basically (laughs) It's not, it's not a deity, it's not anything above ourselves, it's other men that are in, in, in this authority structure. And <clears throat> so, you know, how do we apply that to, to our circumstances today? Um, I think there are some, there, there are, well, okay, I'll come to that later. I think... Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. You know, when you have churches, there's there's different types of, you know, leadership. There's different personalities in leadership and stuff, and every, you're going to find differences everywhere you go. So I don't think God has one specific pat, you know, answer for, you know, here's how, here's the amount of authority that a leader should have in a church, or here's, here's, um, the what say he has and here's what say he doesn't have you know and i think there's diversity in that and that's a good thing god designed you know everybody different but um i guess i came to the place myself and was very convicted of times when i spoke up against our authority in place in place here in zion and when i even maybe um uh, question the things that the concerns and the direction that they were wanting to take, and that has been a um, when when I came to when I started realizing that that it really challenged me and convicted me, and uh, so I did share that with our minister here and was able to receive forgiveness for that. <laughs> and but uh, that was that was just something that. You know, when, once I started realizing, I think there is a, <clears throat> there, I also want to be clear, you know, I think there is a place, you know, if there's relational, if there's hurts and there's, um, if there's struggles, you know, relationally, there's nothing wrong with going and talking and sharing and those things and working through those things. That's perfectly fine. I don't believe that God, you know, 
that we don't have that relationship with our authority here on earth. I do, I do believe we do. And that's actually a necessary thing. If there is, you know, relational struggles and stuff, we need inconsistencies and stuff. We need to be able to share our hearts and stuff. But, but yet, I believe God looks at the authority that he put in place as, um, you know, it's very clear throughout the Bible, honor and respect is is mandatory it's that it's needed you know and i think that was something that challenged me in all of this and uh another thought i had too kind of along the same lines is is if i am not honoring and respecting the authority that god has placed over my life how can i expect those who are under me my wife and children to respect and honor um, me as a as a father and husband and you know how can I expect any type of respect or honor if I'm not doing that if I'm not showing that myself to those that are over me so that that was also a very challenging thought to me um, <clears throat> so it seems like uh in the New Testament here, there's a difference. Then in the Old Testament, it was just Israel. I mean, either you were part of Israel and you were saved or else you were out. Like if you were, you know, either you were part of it or not. There was no other nation under God. It was just Israel. And here in the New Testament, we have, you know, church structure is, is very clear in the Bible. But you have multiple churches, and not all churches are the same. Excuse me. Not all churches are the same. And, and I think, you know, there is one difference there than they had in the Old Testament. You know, there's, there's, it's not that, you know, if you grew up here in Zion that you're married to Zion for the rest of your life. Or if you grew up in a church, you know, that that's, that's the authority that you need to be under for the rest of your life. I don't, that's, that's not, you know, the New Testament. And I guess for myself, I came to the place where I, I guess it just, it just really opened up. It's like, you know, if I'm here, even if I don't see everything eye to eye with the ministry, if I don't, even if I don't see, you know, have this exact same convictions my calling is to support what is being is to support the direction that is being laid out here um, with my whole heart and to lead my family in that direction um, without causing dissension or you know division until I can't support that anymore if there's things that I finally can't support then it would be better for me to go and find a place where I can be under authority and can support without directing i mean without uh, causing division and dissension and those things so <clears throat> i i guess that's a difference that we have here in the new testament compared to the old and i think you know that's something for for all of us to think about god loves unity the bible talks about how beautiful it is um when brethren dwell together in unity and the new testament uh talks about I don't have the verses written down, but it also uh, talks about uh, people that create division and and uh, how much of a 
grief that is to God. So I guess that's some of, some of the thoughts in my heart concerning the uh, issues at hand that have just been coming to my mind for me personally. Um, <clears throat> does seem like being under authority and respecting those that are over us for who they are and not necessarily for what yeah for who they are as God's recognized authority does bring an umbrella of protection on our lives and um the Bible does talk about the rebellion being as a sin of witchcraft and I really don't know what correlation rebellion has with witchcraft but I know that I don't want anything to do with it and being under the authority that God has, that God recognizes and has placed over our lives, br- brings an umbrella of protection over us that I think even the spirit world and the satanic world recognizes and can't touch. Um, so, uh, just kind of a side side note on that. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I know as a as as. For, for you young people here, it's um, your life is before you and you, you know, see lots of prospects in the future and things, you know, excited about, you know, what you can accomplish yet in life. And that's, that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Um, and, but along that, with that comes, also comes kind of in a sense of independence sometimes and and maybe feeling restricted by the authority that's over us. And I want to make it clear, too, that, you know, parental authority in the home, you know, I don't, I don't know where, where God sees, you know, obedience as you get older into your 20s. And, you know, now when, when do you start making some of your own decisions? How do you, you know, I don't understand. I, I don't have the answers to all of that. But I do believe, and I think this comes back again to respect and honor, I think without a shadow of a doubt, respecting and honoring our parents doesn't stop ever. Even for, even for you know, after you're married and as you get older and you're, you know, respecting and honoring your parents um, is there for a lifetime. So that is... Uh, uh, that is that is just an encouragement that I give, not that I saying that I see rebellion or anything like that, but just to encourage you to to um, <clears throat> respect and honor for them for who they are, and not necessarily, you know, because they deserve it or because they are perfect. No, they won't be. But if I look at myself, you know, when I was a young person. Do, do I want my children to treat me the way I've been, the way I'm treating my parents? You know, that's something that I've often thought about. You know, do I, I'm not going to be perfect either, right? Like, do I want my young people, when I have children, to treat me the way I'm treating them now? So, uh, just, uh, just an encouragement. Your life is before you. You have, uh, actually only a very short span of time ahead of you. I was thinking of eternity versus our life here on earth. And actually, if we could just take, let's take Adam, 
the first man that was, that was made. And I believe, correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, but I believe he lived 930 years. Does anybody know, yes or no, if that's right or not? I believe he, was nine, he lived to be 930 years old. So let's just take his 930 years. I mean, that seems like a long time. I'm only uh, 33, I think. So I've got about 900 years to go if, if I <laughs> live that long. But uh, <clears throat> if you take 930 years, now I would take Eve. I have no idea how long Eve lived. But let's add her life to that 930 years. Let's say she had 500 years. And uh, so that's 1,430 and let's take his children and add their lives to those years. You know, we might be at 3,000. And let's take their children. And actually, let's take all their descendants and add these years together. The lives lived here on earth. We might be at somewhere in the trillions, probably, if not more, of years lived here on earth. And if you take those years and add them all together and make a line and compare that to eternity, we haven't even started. And, you know, what, is, what are we living for here on earth? What, you know, these small things that dress and lifestyle and things really fade in comparison to eternity. You know, what are we going to sacrifice for eternity? <clears throat> What are we going to sacrifice eternity for here on earth? And uh, we have a neighbor. His name was Leonard Schlegel. And he lived there just about a half mile from our house. Uh, probably longer than we've been in Iowa. I don't know. But he's been there for years. And uh, ever since we know. And we've done a few things. Gave him a track or two with some cookies and over the years. But um, he just passed away here a couple weeks ago. Or a week ago or so, and it just really hit me. He was an older man. I don't know how old he was, probably in his, I guess, I don't know, 70s. Or <clears throat> and uh, he, uh, it just really hit me, you know. Leonard Schlegel is in eternity, and here I've lived um, just a half mile and, well, two miles from his house when, for 20 years, and what have I done to affect his soul? And, you know, we can, we can spend so much time bickering over, you know, these small details of life when if we see eternity in its perspective um, for what it really is, and I know we can't ever grasp eternity, but when we look at eternity compared to our lives here, some of the details and some of the um, differences that we think are pretty big they kind of they kind of fade and become not so big anymore. And I don't know, I was just kind of wanting to do that for a perspective of, I mean, there's no way that we're ever going to gra- wrap our mind around eternity. But <clears throat> if you add up all the years lived here on earth, I mean, it's probably over 100 trillion. I have no idea how many, how many, you know, I have no idea. That's just a wild guess. But uh, that's not even started in eternity because eternity won't end i mean you can't compare it it won't end and our life here our lives here are um i guess you could say 
in preparation for eternity, um, for a life with God or a life without God. So let's make sure we make it to the life with God for eternity. God bless.